Hey, Fiends of the Pod, this is your host, film critic and comedian Nate Wyckoff, reminding you to like, subscribe, and comment. You can also go to cultandclassicfilms.com slash subscribe and sign up to have cult exclusive movies sent to your door every single month. These are ultra low budget exclusive films that we get to you in the best quality possible with tons of extras like commentaries, milk caps, autographed posters, slip covers, all sorts of neat things. And remember, every time you like, subscribe and buy a movie from us, you prevent Michael Bay from making one more film. So go ahead, subscribe and enjoy. Welcome to Content Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to another episode of Cult and Classic Films Podcast, the podcast where we bring you two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult, and discuss them both. Uh, this is part two of our uh, most recent pairing, and this is one of those times, uh, which, which do happen, as you'll notice, uh, where we're not really talking about a mainstream and a cult movie. These are two... I'm not even sure we can call these cult movies. They're not particularly old. The first one is a cult film at this point. It's 2019's Verotica uh, by original Misfits vocalist Glenn Danzig. It was his initial writer-director feature. It's an anthology. Listen to the last episode for um, details on it. And we also talked about it once before. We revisited it because today we're going to be talking about his newest feature from 2022 which is called death excuse me 2021 is when it wrapped production it is called death rider in the house of vampires now uh this movie has not been released for the public it has however screened so we have uh some some you know we've been able to see it and we're going to talk about it there are a couple of other reviews floating around from various screenings but not too many. So if you're listening to this, you probably haven't seen those yet or read those, uh, heard those, etc. And this is going to be a very special uh, early into the game review for you. And uh, boy, oh boy. Well, I'm going to say the first thing. Uh, the movie poster is great. I believe uh, Simon Bisley did it. Um, it's lovely. Looks wonderful. Lots of people from the movie on it. Uh, great likenesses. Um, rich colors. You're reaching, Nate. I'm talking about the movie poster because the movie poster is great. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, We're just doing a positive part of the the podcast. I'm your host, film critic and comedian Nate Wyckoff. And with us today, we have uh, longtime contributors, Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? I'm great and ready for this podcast. It's going to suck blood. (laughs) Suck blood, yes. And we also have a longtime contributor, Tad Mastriani. How are you doing, Tad? I can't wait to review the classic movie from dusk till dawn. From dusk till dawn, yeah. There's a couple of a couple of things we can we can talk about here. So this is called Death Rider in the House of Vampires. Uh, Glenn Danzig's sophomore writing directing feature. It's got a lot more uh, star power behind it, and I actually don't mean that you know is a joke. It actually has some great cast members uh, in cameos and in actual roles, but. Let's just talk about the plot. It's very simple. It's a spaghetti western uh, that takes place with vampires in a, in a, a vampire town that uh, I guess they call sanctuary because they're supposed to be able to live peacefully. It's never explained, but anyway, uh, and and the lead character, Death Rider himself, goes in and just kind of hangs around there uh, until he he enacts his master plan of killing the vampires. Not all of them, 
just uh just ones that run afoul of him until he kills the head vampire the count uh this isn't a spoiler there's nothing surprising in this movie it's very clear from the get-go what you're getting especially if you've ever watched any western before in the history of time especially something like Django, any of the the um man with no name trilogy um i don't know the thing i just mentioned maybe yeah from dust till dawn of course which is robert rodriguez uh and was it rodriguez and tarantino yes uh rodriguez yep. and tarantino in fact tarantino i think is not the one he gave up his uh director's guild uh membership for because they don't allow co-directing and he gave it up to co-direct with rodriguez i don't know but i do distinctly remember he definitely cast salma hayek and himself so he could drink tequila off her foot that that is uh that is tarantino for you uh yeah so i i don't okay anyway uh yeah so he gets revenge and uh then that's the end of the movie um if you listened to our review of the anthology uh verotica based off of the i say based off it's literally like transcribed from the a selection of questionable comic book stories from glenn danzig's uh self-published veratique comic series uh last week we talked about it the the biggest complaint among many it is a universally panned film uh which doesn't mean it's not entertaining in its own right on occasion it is the stories have no story there's no endings there's no plot it's just starts and then ends at a random point without any closure purpose etc uh this movie i can tell you actually does seem to have a beginning and an end the middle is sort of this murky uh opaque um shifting you know rectangle of colors and occasional recognizable characters that pass through with several lines repeated over and over and over again uh for whatever reason but at least it has a beginning and an end right it's it's closer uh, i was reading one review i can't remember uh that uh, i don't know if it was dread central or, or somebody reviewed it and this is what they said they said um uh the good news is death rider is better than verotica the bad news is it's only a little better than Veronica. Uh, I don't, I will say this before we even get into the details. I do think Death Rider in the House of Vampires on many levels is far superior to Veronica. Uh, I also think it's even harder to watch. <laughs> we'll get into why. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's get into this. Mandy, what were you expecting from Death Rider in the House of Vampires and what did you come away with? Um, I guess I was expecting a character named Death Rider. Check. Got Check. that. I was expecting a house of vampires. I suppose there was something resembling a house saloon slash brothel slash underground. Is it, is it all in Super one building? Pit. I can't really tell. I, I assumed it I'm, was, I guess. I'm pretty sure it's all continuous. Like, but like definitely, I mean, there's like saloon brothel. Right. right and then upstairs yeah we assume upstairs it's pretty typical and upstairs or downstairs but i feel like at the end of the film when we're in I... what we think is like the crypts they said something about downstairs i think i, I don't yeah, know the, i was very confused the, by that directions space spatial awareness is not the strong suit of this movie but that's okay right? it's a minor point so yeah I, I thought that it was all kind of connected there is like one exterior scene like where and they the opening which is exterior of... yeah yeah, and like the, the beginning, but and but everything else is in inside. So I just assumed it was all like one building. Yeah, no, you're right. So, it, I I agree. Yeah, and I think it's it's probably um. It, I think it it might actually be 
kind of the most I hadn't thought about it, but you're right. It is like the most effective or, or descriptive title that I've, we've seen in a long time. It is exactly <laughs> what it says, right? So he, like, the anyway, lead character, House Jeff Ryder. Check. Yeah, literally stands <laughs> Simon the House of Vampires. Um, anyway, okay. Yeah, so... um, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I Because we just watched, watched Veronica, I was expecting it to probably be equally kind of crummy <laughs> the way Veronica was yeah. or like nonsensical um we did still get like shots of characters just walking silently across rooms for no reason mm -hmm. for extended periods of time so and you know on that, the silent. that is yeah exactly that is that that choice continued into this film yeah can we talk um, about the fact that one of the title credits by the way the title credits in the opening which are silent essentially it goes on for yeah. about four four and a half minutes yeah um so there's like almost there's like six to ten i think there's like six minutes of intro shots mm -hmm. which consists of death rider we'll get into the actual cast but death rider riding on a horse uh dragging another woman on a horse uh with very large breasts who is topless and gagged mm -hmm. taking her along and in booty shorts those those also, shorts are straight up disco shorts like they're this metallic yeah. um metallic yep. silver lycra kind of thing i'm like yeah. what why that of all things like what yeah. uh, i mean and also but also I, like I, anyway, I i texted you guys i'm like i'm sorry guys i started watching death rider but i had to shut it off i was so enraged by the costuming of that poor woman on the horse in the opening. I, I know, it. because it's like this six usually minutes of her bouncing painfully on top of that horse with, with no support. This is like literally for half of her, she's like leaning over the pummel of the Western saddle. I'm like, so yeah. her crotch is not touching the saddle. And like her yeah. breasts are like kind of maybe supported against and something. At first, it's sort of like, at like, first I assumed like, I'm like, I guess Danzig told her to like be sexy and like slump over, but it's not sexy. Yeah. It just looks like a weird pain comfort thing. And it's really awful yeah. looking. It's yeah. just awful. It's like this poor actress is just, she's there. They're probably just like, just stay on the horse. And she's like, this is the only way that my body is like, my, my thigh skin is not chafing off and my breasts are not detaching from my rib cage. <laughs> like, it was just, yeah. anyway, I had to take a break after the first five minutes, <laughs> like a few days, and then come back to it when I was less upset. And To be you know, fair, it's the first um, six minutes uh, in silence. Okay, uh, six we, minutes. I think I only made it through five minutes of those six minutes. <laughs> we do get um, the one song, the one song that is in this movie yeah. is played over the title scene, uh, which is actually by Glenn Danzig. Uh, it is by Danzig, and actually, okay. I I kind of think it's pretty decent. Um, it's it's a it's a sort of westerny song with Danzig. Here's what I'll say about the song, though: is um, I don't know so much if it's an original song as it is an amalgamation of uh, a couple of other riffs crammed into Dolly Parton's Jolene. Um, it is very derivative. Uh, it, it's it's the kind of thing that it's like when you watch a shark movie, like Cruel Jaws or Tintoretta, something from the the 60s or something from you know the the 80s when it was ripping off jaws and instead of like dun 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 they have like um dun 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 you know what i mean it's very close to that but i mean i enjoyed it to uh make sure that you don't have to pay royalties right so um yeah so so mandy 
What so up? anyway, so the last thing I was <laughs> expecting was there to be some semblance of a story like right. vampires versus something else. Like, but it seemed like either you were a vampire, like all of them were even Death Rider was a vampire. Apparently, yes. it's like Maybe. they were gonna re- I kept waiting for them to reveal um, he's like take off his teeth. Like, I'm not a vampire, but it doesn't uh, uh, happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but like you were kind of expecting it to happen for like several reasons throughout the film. He never drinks and blood, then, so I mean, I don't. Yeah, well, just, so like, anyway. He's like, yeah, he like avoids drinking blood. And you're like, okay, well, he either has like some kind of moral code, like Blade or something, right? Or he's not a vampire and he's just trying <laughs> to fool them so that he can like seek some kind of revenge. Which apparently is pretty easy. Um, apparently like, a couple couple of acrylic nails would would do the job but anyway yeah anyway so i was expecting something as far as like one side versus another side or there to be like some kind of like reason that he was there and then <laughs> maybe later you find out he's gonna kill them like but i'm not really sure that kind of just happened and then um yeah but there aren't you're either like uh a prostitute at the brothel mm-hmm. or you're a vampire hanging out at the western saloon and the prostitutes and like are mostly it. if not all vampires i guess a couple of the saloon girls are not i guess they seem like, like the, a lot of the saloon girls were just humans which i'm like but where are the humans coming from like right it's it's unclear like what's happening yeah anyway i, I was i was i was that, left but... with more more questions than uh answers on this one <laughs> like yeah fair you know um, and, I, and I that's think... i guess i mean i should have expected that but i i didn't walk in with that expectation but next time i'll know next time as <laughs> releases a film i will yeah. know what to expect there will be right? a next time i'm sure um this one <laughs> has to come out first i would assume tad i know you were waiting for this you've been asking for us to talk about this movie on 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 recorded air for literally like what two years since it was wrapped yes. um so tad what were you expecting from death rider in the house of vampires and what did you get mr giant ex- glenn danzig fan i got exactly what i deserved <laughs> i mean that's that that's really what it's what it comes down to but i have a lot of thoughts but uh yeah mandy after we watched <clears throat> Veronica, you should have known exactly what to expect. I mean, I don't know. I know. It's sort of like a fool me once, shame on me, fool me, you know, or fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me situation. Absolutely. Can't get fooled again. Absolutely. Yeah, can't, can't get fooled again. Uh, the, the, fool, fool me once, can't get fooled again. Yeah. Yeah. No joke. I have a, a full list of things that are just what was good, what was bad, and what was blatantly missed. And this is this is this is absolutely peak Danzig in terms of you missed the point, Danzig. You are not <laughs> Rob Zombie. I am sorry. It is okay. You can improve if you have self-awareness, which I don't think Danzig has. That's I think the problem, right? I, I don't know. He doesn't now, have that. Do you have the list in front of you? Yes, I'm going to read let's, it right okay, now. Let's okay, let's go through it right now. So let's see. Blatant are you starting ripoff. with the good or no or i'm gonna start off with misses okay okay the misses missed opportunities because okay. this is what w- what you would do if you have a little bit of self-awareness mm-hmm. and take feedback one 
you should probably look at your plot and go, am I just ripping off a 1996 movie of which is very beloved by a lot of cult, um, cult aficionados Correct. from Dusk Till Dawn? This is a blatant fucking ripoff of From Dusk Till Dawn, which was a superior movie in every way. Literally in every way, this was that was a superior movie and uh, has cemented its its place in cinema forever. So, uh oh, you fucked up. OK, let's move on. Um, another thing, and this is just from me as a non uh, film director who occasionally has flashes of, hey, maybe this would be a good idea. Um, maybe you want to pursue that whole theme of Death Rider's uh, ambiguity as to what his identity is. So I, in the beginning, I saw a little flash of brilliance where there was the, this thing where it's like, I don't know if he's a vampire, okay? But you could add the little subtle touches of he needs to be invited through a threshold because it seemed like in the beginning, like he was tr like, that was what the intent was. Um, Death Riders you, coming you've in. You've already, you've already, you've already gone far that's, beyond. That's the what I mean. Present in this. This film. is what I'm talking about. It's like, that's what I told Mandy. I'm like, you set your expectations way too fucking high here. Okay. Um, this is this. I'm going into Jeff territory. All right, let's go. Let's, let's With get the rewrites. Yes. Okay. Let's get into the Jeff territory. An opportunity for him anytime um ashley wisdom's character because i know her mm. name because she's danzig's girlfriend i know this oh is she i didn't know that she played the jet in the the jet and the um the spider albino spider correct uh, short and i also uh, know that she's significantly younger than him of course i mean she's been pumped to the gods um i think she actually she was my favorite character in this one no frankly. that's the thing that's that's another one of the goods the goods is coming but um the idea of him walking through the saloon and having to consistently ask for permission to come through the door would have been a great hint it's like he might be a vampire but we don't know but that's a great you know because that's been a, a cinema thing forever is you have to invite the vampire in again too much thought but let's move on uh, we had the special effects for vampire ashing 25 fucking years ago with the blade <laughs> the first blade movie okay all oh, right. right we had that on lockdown and i understand that danzig doesn't have the millions of dollars that uh new line cinema had back in the day for the original blade movie which millions i don't think it was even millions that was 1998 if i'm not mistaken and well, uh, most of it went to wesley snipes of course most of their budget and um, he deserved that was it. Yes, I mean it was a great. He did to pay his yeah, taxes. It was fun. A lot of well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least most of it. But I'm just um, saying, we we he, we had this on lockdown, and there are people on the uh, like just randomly out there on the internet who could do those special effects for cheap as shit, and he doesn't know to just go to those people and go, "Hey, I'm Glenn Danzig. Do you want to do some special effects for my film?" You know what's funny? I actually was surprised that the digital effects that were used were actually whoever were did them yeah whoever did them actually did a lot with a little because it was very antiquated there's that scene near the end where one of the random cloaked vampires his head like starts to cave in that was cheesy looking that was too it that was, was too you know 1999 but or a janice were... dot click movie maybe uh no janice dot click uses practical effects don't be silly i'm just i'm just saying you can do a cave yes. in base for like five dollars yes it could they have could been done do um you know but they, they did a good like at one point 
in fact when ashley wisdom's character who is mila or mina i think mina uh when she dies she dies uh sort of the again it's a blade take the vampire held out in the sunlight you know held out in the the dawn or whatever and they don't explode they just kind of catch fire and burn up she they did this thing i think where they had flecks of color or something on her clothing that they and i could be wrong but this is exactly what it looked like that they um colored out you know they they uh chroma keyed it out and then had like flame effects beneath it and they were small enough that it looked like it was burning from within and I'm like, that's actually a brilliant incredibly low budget way to enhance an effect so there were a few touches like that um that, that i did notice but we'll get to my concerns with the effects but they are dated it's it's the you're sort of reinventing the wheel you don't have yes, to figure much. out how to do all this stuff when people you could just go you're glenn fucking danzig you could go talk to people and go i want to make a vampire movie how do i make a vampire movie and they'd probably be like a hey, you know spot what? On, by the i way. really loved the, the misfits when i was young here i'll give you some pointers anyway moving moving on i'm, I'm just gonna blast through these real quick yep, do it danny danny trejo was wasted no fucking oh, totally. surprise he had maybe i don't think he had a single i don't think he had a day of filming he must have been paid for just like half a day or something and not only that it's like you're gonna die death rider or something like that i don't remember it's like made no sense this, um, it wait it went way too long it's like you, i'll go on the like you know how i am i'm always about the wasted screen time it's right. like you're just doing the same thing over and over again and danny Julius trejo Tan is so he has like the mo I mean, all of these guest stars or Julian Sands, who actually has kind of a, a sizable role for whoever's in this movie, like not a lot of people have a huge role They're They bring so much more than is actually there. Right. The gravitas far exceeds the tiny amount of content they have to deliver, which means you waste it, because yeah, if you're going to have someone like that of that caliber, do something with it. Sure. Um, Julian Sands largely wasted. So really his, sad. I, it is i mean it is sort of i i'm sad because you know one it's of course tragic that we lost julian sands for those who don't know julian sands uh died during not this last tropical storm but during recent heavy rainstorms here in california i believe in los angeles county he went hiking uh and he was an experienced hiker and was caught in the storm and unfortunately died uh but he was you know he's from warlock dario agento's phantom of the opera uh i mean if boxing helena one of the most upsetting and and excellent true cult art underground sort of style films that we've had to reach mainstream so it was very tragic to see him and this is i don't know how many other projects he may have had in the can already i have a feeling this isn't the true last one but this is this is the last one that everybody's thinking about right. um yeah devon sawa wasted I mean, Devin Sawa it was, is our lead. Uh, he, of course, was Casper in the Christina Ricci Casper movie, he and he was the lead in the, Idle Hands. Yeah, I was going to say he's the dude with the hand in Idle Hands. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to. That's done with the misses for now. Okay. Let's go to the good. Some of the kill special effects were pretty good. Although, like I said, it's like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. This didn't need to. You, the, I get the feeling that they kind of had to reinvent it a little bit. Um, the guy, I don't know the actor, but the guy who tortures and kills people, who violates sanctuary law, pours the oh, silver in the that's, guy. That's Fantastic. Ellie Roth. That's Ellie Is Roth. It Ellie Roth? Is, 
It is. Holy so shit! He, I can't even recognize him. For, for those who for those who don't know, uh, I'm sh- I'll be shocked. Many most of you should know his name. He of course wrote and directed the Hostel films, um, the original uh, Cabin Fever, um, Abomination. Uh, one of, uh, that's correct. One of my favorite, um, like uh, the, one of the only sort of revival of um, sort of jungle fiction mondo films. Uh, 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 just just a very good filmmaker and also a very good actor. He played the Bear Jew in Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. And I did get to meet him very briefly. It's very nice. Uh shake hands with him. I believe it was during the Los Angeles Film Festival premiere of The Last Exorcism, because he didn't make it, but he did produce it. So we 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 stand uh Eli Roth here. So anyway, yes, he was great. Yeah. So he was not wasted, thankfully. And well, he clearly because... wrote his own lines like he a lot of these people <laughs> just because he says the same thing a lot. And I have a feeling that it's because he didn't have enough. There was probably nothing really written for him. He just was supposed That's to go in and the like, best. Right. And so he says stuff like you son of a bitch, like 10 times. But also it's like, well, one, he didn't have lines, I'm sure. Otherwise. And two, I, I kind of doubt it's it's the way it's delivered is sort of the way you are like when you expect that only one take is going to be used. And instead, <laughs> They use every single moment. oh my fucking god <laughs> anyway yes so the um i just enjoyed the fact that death rider i i enjoyed that scene i don't know her the actress's name i'm just going to call her the redhead the idea of getting the stake in the redhead and you think she's gonna die and then someone mm-hmm. pulls it out at the last second pretty decent yeah. Pretty decent, gotta say. It was it was okay. Like again, our transfer is really bad. So I get the feeling that I'm I'm not getting the full experience because the transfer was so bad. The visuals yeah, were so I think, horrible. I think I got the full experience. Uh yeah, no, I mean <laughs> I I I okay. So you're talking about Kim Director. Um she's she's done a lot of good stuff. Um she was in uh, uh Inside Man, Spike Lee's Inside Man. Uh, she was in I can't remember everything. She, she's been in a lot of stuff. So she's not she's not new to the game. That's right. She was Kim in Blair Witch 2, the Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, rather. So she's she's been around uh, and she does have a role. So I liked that, too, in theory, but the the edit was not right. So much time had passed in the story before between when she stabbed by the stake, which is interesting. It's It's clearly supposed to be a silver railroad tie which is right. kind of interesting. It's never explained, but it's kind of interesting because uh, uh, he uses those as stakes, which I kind of like. I don't know where he, you know, I guess we're supposed to be assuming that he like, you know, coated them in, in silver. Um, so that's an interesting touch. Railroad spikes, Western. I dig it. I, I uh, do like that. Yeah. And, but you know, she gets stabbed and then like we get like 20, you know, 15 or 20 minutes before we see her still dying and on the she's bed. She's just sitting and, there like 20 minutes. Yeah, like, and, and everybody else dies within like 30 seconds or or so. Uh, so it could have been cut a little better to be more, to be more uh, uh, less less jarring. Um, but yes, I think like more consistent with the rest of the editing, right? Like the but rest of the. She's a main more character, like you know, so set her up as a stronger vampire. Like she's older, it's gonna take her longer to die. Yeah, she um, is clearly stronger than than our our Lee than Death Rider. We just don't know yeah. if Death Rider is even a vampire. It's very unclear. Right. Um, I mean, I'm assuming he he's fangs. not. I don't know. He has fangs, he has but fangs. like he gets bitten by her and like shrieks and uh, it. Anyway, 
Uh, okay, so I agree. It seems like he's supposed to, but we'll get to it. So anyway, keep going. Okay, so like I said, getting getting through here. Um, the set design was actually really good, and it was better than Veronica. Like yes, absolutely. In, in the thing about this is, I have a really hard time judging Veronica and this uh, on equal ground because Veronica, going back and watching Veronica, which our copy is very uh, high def, you know, yes, like the, it is. We're, the, it we're is watching the... a bootleg, and going back and watching for this review, yeah, our review yeah, copy appears to be a bootleg. We're not. We getting, did not source this, folks. Anyway, continue. Yeah, we're we're not getting the full. We're not getting the full intended visuals for the special effects. We're not getting the sound design, <sighs> which is still kind of crap as far as okay, I'm concerned. The sound design, the, it will not get better. Non-existent. I'm sorry. Um, I, I don't... I mean, it's the same as Veronica. It's like people walking across the room. Yeah. Yeah. There's so... Like, yes. There's nothing I, there. I, and there's no music. I'm going to... So I'll say that... There's barely any music in either. We, we enhanced this footage. I enhanced this footage because it was it was poor. Um, it's still not fantastic, but uh, I don't, I, I honestly don't think that I'm not sure it's going to be improved by improved visuals. I, I almost wonder if it's going to be a little more janky looking uh, if we improve the visuals, but I do agree the sets, which I think are probably actual locations, except for the catacombs. I'm not sure though. Uh, or who knows? Uh, maybe not. Cause it's filmed from a very specific angle. So uh, who knows, but it is there far superior we know where we are every shot yeah seriously um so remember last week we were talking about how veronica was one of the least erotic like <laughs> supposed to yes. sort of like, yes at least this movie had like it's almost like glenn took a little bit of that feedback and went i guess i should make it a little sexier so at least some of the scenes or at least some of the acting was a little better like ashley wisdom felt more comfortable in this role yeah and she was she though, was i think she was actually one of the better she absolutely them. was like i i liked her more than what would you say kim director yes like kim director, kim director was was supposed to be the sexy one but, but she ended up kind flopped. of being flat whereas at least and she's a beautiful woman but flying. it's not yeah it didn't you have to have some charisma and it wasn't working well, and it's it's a natural thing, right? Like if you don't, if you're in a scene and you both of you are acting to a different tone, sort of, right? It doesn't really work as well. Like Kim Director was being very like kind of grand with her her acting gestured, very performative with the era. Like her lines were constantly like these weird like vampire twists on um, old sh old schlocky uh western talk you know like the equivalent of like partner uh that kind of thing partner she's trying to be like the head prostitute and it's just not yeah working. she's supposed to be the dame and she's not the dame i don't know exactly what her role really is in this place uh but whereas whereas wisdom's bit is just much more it, she seems like she's having fun right like and her character is supposed to be bubbly and so she gets to play that role and it just felt like she actually was probably having fun, which is a very different vibe. Um, a, and so, you know. It's like a completely different character from DeJet where like she yes. clearly Misery was not the comfortable playing the role. The accent. I mean, the, the, the accent French was accent was rough. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know enough about Ashley Wisdom to know um, if she has an accent 
of some kind in general. I don't know. I've only ever heard her in these. Um, she's, you know, she she's a, a an adult actress uh, under the name Rochelle Ritchie, uh, but she's you know at this point been in some other of other film things as well that are not uh pornography based i don't really know anything about her but i thought that her performance in this was a marked step up from dejet because as you said there's actually a little bit more dejet has one note she's just miserable the whole time um this one she is happy and scared so at least we got two and in in this movie in a Danzig movie having two emotions at, in throughout That's the movie a big step. is a huge thing right <laughs> most of these characters have they they only have one emotion in fact all of them i can't think of a single character that has two emotions other than her um yeah i can't think of big a single step, one biggest step up good for you ashley wilson you are yeah. you are moving Wisdom. straight yeah. up yeah. so the last point i promise besides Eli Roth not surprising the best performance in this movie for me was Glenn Danzig's performance I actually thought he He did pretty well was really good in it but which isn't surprising because he's been on stage for a long time but I mean like he I like his character wasn't important but clearly it's supposed to be because it set itself up for a whole sequel at the end right where it's like we're gonna get you death rider it's like you're gonna get him for what yeah, I thought he was going to be like the guy. It wasn't going to be the Count, the Julian Sands character that Death Rider was after. I thought he would actually, he was actually after Glenn Danzig's character. Who? So here's a here's a, a kind of funny thing. I do really appreciate the names that they got for the characters because, um, you know, uh, Ashley Wisdom is Mina Bell, but Glenn Danzig is Bad Bathory. Um, Victor Demadia is Kid Vlad. Uh, Danny Trejo is Bella Latigo. Uh, Kim Director is Carmilla Joe. And Julian Sands is Count Holiday. Like it, that's actually, that's actually fun. I really like the sort of gag references to all of these old West figures. Um, I do think it's interesting that Glenn Danzig's character's name uh, includes a traditionally female uh, reference. Ba- Elizabeth Bathory, of course, men were were surnamed Bathory as well but we always and we know Glenn Danzig likes the Elizabeth Bathory reference so I thought that was funny that he sort of gets a a typically female uh, reference in his name and Kim Director gets Carmilla which is of course a vampire reference uh, uh, but also Carmilla Joe which is is very strange I I enjoyed that I just thought it was a strange um, just a a fun little thing that I honestly I, I didn't I don't we don't see a lot of jovial sort of joyous material from Danzig himself. Um, that's not his whole his whole image, his whole shtick, his whole legend. So we don't see it. So seeing something like that where clearly they were, he was having fun with it was really cute. I really enjoyed it was, that. It was nice to see him have fun, but it was also interesting that when he showed up and I went, oh, fuck, it's Danzig. Mm-hmm. He did exactly what I expected him to. Like he bites, like a, a prostitute falls in his arms. He bites her, and then I expected him to shit talk, and I expected him to basically just drop her. And I'm like, he did exactly what yeah. I expected him to yeah. do. So perfect. But yeah, he, I mean, it was he, so much fun when he was actually doing well, it, and he looked like he was having fun. He actually looked like he was enjoying the character, and so it's sort of funny because in it. And I think this is why he wasn't in Veronica as a lead character is because nobody wants to really have their movie thought as just a vanity project, 
right? They don't want people to watch and go, oh, they just did this because they wanted to, you know? Oh, he just made this movie and made himself the lead so he could, you know, kiss attractive women. Or she just did this so she could be the star and show everyone how how amazing she is. Nobody wants that to be the takeaway. Um, and so it's, it's kind of sad that Veronica, despite him not being a feature in the movie, it, it is a straight up vanity project, right? I mean, not only it's, it's inherent in it because it's, it's based off of stories he wrote and self-published through his own publishing company. Like it's, it's literally a vanity project. Death Rider feels less like a vanity project because he's in it, but he's not even a lead and it just felt more fun. Um, is that your last, was that your last point on the list? Yes. I mean, I are nobody needs to, nobody needs to once again, hear me say, Hey, holy shit, this scene is going on too long because that's kind of a fix this uh, a, a fixture of my criti- critique. Well, because it, it's a common problem with with not only vanity projects, but with just independent and low budget features in general, right? right? People, we make it, we film every scene, we no longer know what to cut. We're not um we're too close to the project to really understand what should go. This is this movie is superior on a both a technical and a narrative level and an acting level to Veronica in every way possible in those. But here's the problem. Veronica is not so goddamn slow. Um, the whole the whole Death Rider in the House of Vampires film is paced the way that the last segment, the last anthology segment in Veronica oh, no. is, which is Druhika, oh. uh, Countess of Blood. Uh, it's just like, it is it is that slow. Characters deliver lines at a glacial pace. Not only that, they'll deliver the line. And these these this cast has some really heavy hitters and some people that do really well that I maybe didn't expect to. So they stay in character, right? But Danzig, instead of, when you film, you should have beginning and end after the dialogue where the person's in character for two reasons, right? One, you kind of have a little bit of extra oh shit shot. So if you need to cut to something else, you have footage of them being engaged in whatever's happening but they don't have to say anything but you also want it because you don't want it to be the whole like really badly cut like hey look over there turn oh no like that but he he shows us all of it so instead of trimming where you know trimming out what you don't need a character will like look at another character for like three seconds which is like an eternity when you're watching then say their line still being character for another two three seconds and then it goes to the other character and we see them stare for another one to two seconds before they deliver their line i know i said this last week about veronica i'm not trying to repeat myself but i i i i take back the comments where i said people were like they were on quaaludes in that because this is like the actual camera equipment is on quaaludes everything is so drawn out that is it's a common joke in critic circles right where you're like there's this is a five this is a you know 10 minute movie stretched out to an hour and a half this Mm -hmm. actually is probably a 15 max 20 minute film like you could you could actually as it's shot cut Mm -hmm. out that much film and have a 20 minute more accurately paced film like yeah. It's not even a, even the, like, even the death scenes were annoyingly slow. So long, and then like so we're, we're blood, watching blood this person sh- die for like well, three minutes. The the vampire death yeah. scenes, we just watch them char. Like it's literally watching a log yeah. burn. You know? yeah. and so 
Which you know, <laughs> no hate on the Yule log, but like this is a great Christmas movie now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, what's what's interesting is they used they used a speed up effect one time that I noticed, of course, very obviously in the beginning when Death Rider slugs uh, Danny Trejo's character to before he ties him up in the desert, presumably to get hit with the sun. We'll we'll get to the sun and daytime in a second, uh, and. And so he and they use the effect where Devin Siwa actually like is sped up really fast, which is not the best way to make that effect. It's kind of fun sometimes if you want it to look that way. But if you're actually trying to have a serious like sucker punch moment, there are other ways to do it. Danzig, reach out. I'll, I'll give you the tips. We'll I'll show you how to film those. Um, but they could have used that effect, just the easy frame clipping, you know, um uh fast, you know fast durate you know shorten the duration of the scene you know make it uh sped up you can do that with those death scenes and it actually probably would have been more effective because you would have had the unnatural movement of jitteriness right because the death scenes are directed very strangely the only person that's the only man uh the only the only masculine character that is killed uh, that's a vampire that makes a noise other than like a uh, this weird like little drone when they die, no matter how long it takes, is Ellie Roth. He actually screams. Every other male character does this, and some of the some of the women vampires who die do this weird. I don't know. It must have been a choice, right? Danzig must have told them to do it this way because they kind of just fold and then they like hunker and then they don't scream. They also don't burst into flame. Only the first guy who dies explodes into little pieces. Everybody else, they just kind of whimper in a weird like like you're having a like a really really low-key seizure I'm, I'm not trying to be funny in that particular case it's like that like everyone's just like uh, uh, like it's weird and it doesn't it's like you want the death to be a big moment but instead it's like it's like he's it's like there would be a big moment and then they get slapped and then you're just like it kills all momentum it's a really strange choice um so I don't know what to think about it because it happened for almost all the characters, whereas the women tend to like scream and scream and scream, which is always, of course, a Glenn Danzig staple. Uh, yeah, I don't I just don't really I don't get that. So the impact of the deaths are are very, very mixed. Um, I also think there were a lot of missed opportunities with how characters died. Like it's not enough to just have in this day and age to just have like a character get shot and fall over and have it happen five more times. Like we mm -hmm. want some sort of like memorable moment. And for example, um, death rider uses when he finally uses his pistols, he uses two pistols. Right. And it was the perfect opportunity. There's the, um, he's like a confederate soldier vampire guy. Who's uh, friends with, uh, uh, Bad Bathory, Danzig's character, and he is the one that wants to bust Death Rider once they find out that he lied to get into this, to get sanctuary in this vampire town. And uh, they, I almost thought they were going to do know it. What sanctuary is? It's know. it must be. They don't explain it, but it has. It seems like it's he. They're getting sanctuary to go in there and be safe. It, it sort of doesn't make sense. I mean, safe we're not a, what? like safe from each other. Well, safe and that's from the thing. I'm like outside threat. Safe from yeah, I'm like, are, I, I was like, are humans in the in the outside like 
hunting vampires it's very unclear um yeah. i guess we can assume potentially that they are hunted by humans because we get a little we get little snippets of the backstory between uh death rider and bad bathory but it's it's so you you just you don't know anything and they never tell you anything there's actually opportunities for exposition that they don't use we're missing like death rider had a sister maybe i was gonna say yeah sister there you go we're missing a serious piece of the plot that is sort of supposed to frame it all and it didn't matter in the end is the whole point of this movie is that death rider is going after the person who kidnapped his sister who killed his sister he thinks except she's alive and then he has well she is i mean she's dead it's a vampire vampire and let's talk about the fact that death rider a vampire or not. He, he, and if his sister was a vampire and he's a vampire, like, who does it the matter? Who's he's riding in with and why does he ride with her? I, and then it's why does he take another one when he goes? It's not like it's the same snack? one. He's like, I What's need road snacks. It's the yeah. same one. She's the same one. <laughs> yeah. And like, and what's weird about it is then they re- then as he she's riding so it seems like she must actually be like his friend right like he used her to get in but then again like would you make your friend ride topless through the desert it doesn't seem right like right twice. she seems Depends. like twice and okay and then <laughs> when they're when they're riding away they're on one horse and she's holding on to yeah. him from behind and then she smiles and the camera's like zooming in like oh she's a vampire and you're like well no shit he gave her, that was how he got into sanctuaries. He bought his way in by giving them what he claimed was a virgin um, woman, which became one of the one of the brothel girls, which, yeah, I assume she's a vampire. They're all everyone is a vampire except for a handful of people that get eaten, like, which, by the way, why the hell would you be there? I mean, because these vampires don't seem like the only one that actually seems like a traditional vampire is Julian Sands character of Count Holiday. Um, he stays in the catacombs. Uh, he has the long, uh, dark hair that's that's sort of you know um, the the gift of uh, the Anne Riceian vampire. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, interestingly enough, well, interestingly enough, Julian Sands was actually Anne Rice's choice to play uh, the vampire Lestat, uh, and the studio said no because they wanted somebody with more theater pull, so they took Tom Cruise. I'm not saying Tom Cruise did a terrible job, but Julian Sands would have eaten that role alive, and it would have gone from, like, a mainstream successful vampire movie to being probably a true classic with him at the helm. Uh, It would have been brilliant. But anyway, uh, so Julian Sands gets to play his vampire here. He, He has lines that people don't respond to. Like, he basically has a monologue, but the monologue is supposed to be talking to death rider and it's just death rider doesn't say anything the whole time so it's sort of wasted uh, it actually feels and i don't know if he ad-libbed as well it feels like the character is actually irritated and the cast is irritated that there's nothing to be said like to this because he delivers this speech and sort of it, it's like the no one knows what to do with it in in the scene um but his voice is great. His presence is great. He looks great uh, as far as the, you know, the, the party city wigs that they have. But I mean, he looks, he looks good. Um, it was nice to see him. But as you said, Tad, I was hoping for a, because he does have a few other projects in the can I checked that they will come out after this. Uh, but I was hoping for the Ray Liotta role 
in Cocaine Bear, which we will yes. talk about on this pod, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and instead, we got a real, a real wasted opportunity. He's such a good actor. If you're gonna have Julian Sands in your movie, have him be, you know, like it, like he's supposed to be some sort of vampire lord. Have him stalking through. Have him. Uh, checking in you know sneaking around you know popping up where you don't expect him right delivering some interesting lines do something with him and you work with him maybe he had some right. ideas and it doesn't seem like that happened it's and and i mean the death so the, the climactic battle is quite anticlimactic because there is no actual physical contact i, I um, literally thought i missed something I like i like looked away uh, and i was yeah. like wait they miss something and no, have to like go back. I'm like, no, nope, I didn't. Like, oh fuck! I cast torch. Torch wins. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So it was critical hit. Yeah. So so the, yeah. the the Lord Vampire who cannot be killed. So there's one great effect, which is when he's Julian Sands basically is like got uh, Death Rider without his guns, and he's up close next to him. Death Rider pulls out one of the silver railroad spikes and jams it up through his throat but it goes up and sticks out the side of his cheek that was a cool effect because julian sand's character is still talking through it and irritated and making sound and he pulls it out and that was great it's a simple effect and they actually shot it and edited it really well because you know it wasn't inserted there right like it it's an effect it's an applique and they can pull it out and they actually whether it was danzig or there was another director of photography with whichever one or both and in the editing booth um they actually did that really well i was super i loved it i loved that little moment uh where he's he's jabbed in the face with this thing and he pulls it out he's still talking then death rider gets his guns back because vampires except for the count are apparently like they're easier to catch and kill than mosquitoes like they're so they it's like you they must act they must be like gerbils where if they get bopped on the nose a little they they actually die from some sort of like spastic response that's how brittle these guys are uh but death rider gets his guns and he shoots count holiday it makes it even more confusing about why death rider was there for a prolonged period of time before, before he started killing it, vampires I mean, right he killed a whole bunch without any effort really and and he could have done that right away i guess he just wanted to have sex with some vampire women before he killed them i don't know it's very unclear Um, it was a long ride he needed to take a nap he needed a nap he needed you know so anyway so so julian sand's character gets shot with bullets and the bullets by the way in this movie do not they do not follow physics um they (laughs) they stick to the surface of people's heads um with with the shell the shell actually fits so like it's not the bullet i mean it looks fine from like an arty artsy standpoint but when a bullet is shot it's the shell is not fired right the shell is ejected and the metal tip that that is backed with gunpowder inside the shell is launched but what happens with his guns is the bullet fires the whole thing and 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 just embeds itself in the faces of the people who get it's shot actually in the a, face. It's actually a slingshot. It is it's a sling. It's a what? It, well, we're not giving enough credit. It's actually a railgun. Um, yeah, no, it is. It is a. It is a weird choice. I don't think. And you know, this is one of those moments where just because you have an effective, you're an effective prop maker or a special effects artist, you don't always know how things work. Um, so things like that are very weird like it's just like oh 
this is not a thing that would happen. Uh, guns don't do that. And he's using like normal revolvers. Like they're not like special looking weapons or anything. They're, they're revolvers. So anyway, that's a fun thing. But anyway, so Julian Sands gets shot and he's slowed down, but he just seems irritated. And we're like, okay, we're getting to some big like moment of, of like some big death scene. And as you said, Tad, the death scene is, uh, he's like, I'm going to kill you. You can't do anything else. And Death Rider is like, oh yeah, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And he grabs a torch from off the wall yeah. and just just brushes it, just swings it and brushes it across Julian Sands' chest. At which point, Count Holiday just, 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 just burns down. And I'm just yeah. like, that that kills you why don't you have electricity in here like at the rest of the place or something have have a lantern don't have an open flame like if like it's like it's 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 on the level of it's more ridiculous than m night Shyamalan signs right where why would these aliens oh, invade a planet Christ. that is that is mostly water and where water falls why would you sky. invade a why would you invade a planet that is humid it's like if we invaded mercury i mean uh, excuse me venus and we're like oh no it's i like, can't breathe oh, my air. skin's blah, blah, blah. burning yeah like it's it doesn't make sense um but you know hey what are you gonna do uh i like m night Shyamalan. <laughs> well i'm sure we'll talk about his movies more in the future but anyway okay that didn't make any sense. It was not satisfying. And then the the thing that makes me wonder, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to down Danzig. I don't think he's a stupid man. That is not what I ever want anybody to to get take from this. But I'm I'm saying I don't. With Veronica, it was really and frankly with the Verati comics, it's not clear that he understands story or knows how to write, it, and he's not an expert at dialogue. I mean, the best line out of Veronica being uh, "ass fucking is my speciality." That's 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 indicative of where we're heading normally so the fact that there actually are some good moments in this like when uh all of the vampire most of the vampires are killed in the saloon by death rider and then once he leaves to go hunt the count uh the the matron of the prostitutes tells them like well go on get their money like take their guns like she's ushering them out so they can take all the dead vampires who were just pile of ashes, you know, all their money and guns, which is a great moment. And then when when Death Rider and his random uh, topless lady from the beginning leave, uh, she's counting money and he takes her and she's like, hey, that's going to cost you extra. And like it was a great line. Like it was just a good it seemed like something extra that we certainly got nothing of in in Veronica. Like there was there was nothing like that. No touch, no no cleverness in it. In fact, I specifically ripped on the lack of cleverness and wit in Verot in uh, Veronica. There were a couple of moments, mainly that one, but at least a couple of moments where I was I was surprised, mainly because I was so not expecting there to be any um or at least none that was successful, but I liked that here's the biggest problem with this movie is the pacing it's it's a little under an hour and a half it should have been 20 minutes i'm not even joking right there's just I agree. yeah there's just so like much time. dead so much dead air and, and, it's, and it's worse than any of the films we've reviewed up to this point it really is because oh, there yeah. are scenes that could have been cut this by far every single scene has like just it's the equivalent of dead air things are on the screen people are staring at the screen but it is there's nothing like there's just no the plot doesn't move we're just waiting for the next line it's insane the next thing that is a problem for me is that you have a vampire western 
which by the way, there's a, uh, I was confused when this movie was in production because as I said, Bisley did the cover, Simon Bisley, very famous heavy metal artist. He's done other things, uh, very close friends with Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Ninja Turtles. Um, Kevin Eastman and Simon Bisley did a 64 page graphic novel called Fistful of Blood, which mixes um, uh, 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 like naughty comic sex uh, vampires and hyperviolence into one story and it's it's a, i mean it, it features a, a gunslinger who is a topless woman who saves a town being uh both physically and literally ravaged by these this western gang of vampires like these nosferatu uh outlaws and it's a great concept and so there's no no way in hell that danzig had not seen that and was not aware of that so i was i was actually before we watched i was like i really need to see because i, I have a hard time imagining that it's not a a direct reimagining or translation of that story because bisley did the cover for this um, movie he did the post for this movie he did the thing it's so close in content uh or in concept and it is not it is not that story but it is a far inferior version of that story which while very entertaining, I would probably classify as a C plus story anyway. So, and I'm a huge Eastman and Bisley fan. I mean, it, there's no question about that for me, but I was confused. So as Tad said, it's, it's a similar, you know, you mix sort of the Western vibe um, with vampires with the much more successful and better uh, Tarantino Rodriguez film from Dust Till Dawn. Uh, and then you have this comic source, which we know Danzig is involved with, uh comics right uh with the poster done by the artist of that comic that is incredibly similar in in concept so it's really weird that this was done and that it was not nothing new was brought to the table sort of as tad kind of mentioned um that was really confusing and the biggest sin next to the fact that the movie is just it is it is mostly dead the equivalent of dead air is that the actual vampire part of the story is completely pointless. As as Tad said, there's nothing vampiric about this. Yes, they bite a couple of people, but the story is, the, the, the fact that people are vampires means nothing. And the fact that every character is a vampire, pretty much, or seems to be, it makes it even less than nothing because everyone's the same, which, then why are they vampires? They, they nobody had to, to be a vampire. They, you know, I know, they, I know, right? and, and they, I will say, also, the like, you could decent. definitely make a drinking game out of taking a shot every time someone like licks their fangs, sort of like oh tries to God. like show off like their teeth prosthetics that they're wearing for the movie. It's like and so ridiculous. Yeah, and I think so. I don't, I don't know, um, but I think somebody, I'm, I'm fortunately don't know the the name of the of the actor. I think it's Sean Walton, I think. I believe he was a wrestler. Um, yes, I think it was Sean Walton. Uh, he was a WWF wrestler. Uh, he was X-Pac. X-Pac, yes. He was the guy who um, went up to the bar before the big bar bar gun brawl or gunfight scene. And he, was, he drank the free shots that uh, Death Rider was handing out. And it was, it was whiskey with powdered silver in it. So they started to explode. Um, he except for him all of the fangs were clearly fitted by by they were nice 
pre-done fangs or they were fitted by a special effects artist because they could speak with them. Ilya Roth had, they're all, Ilya Roth especially, um, Eli had very long fangs and he could speak totally, there was no slurring or anything. Um, uh, the only person that I noticed the slurring was X-Pac. And so I assume he had some sort of party city slip-ins. But again, he only has like two lines. He's like, oh, thanks for the drink. You're all right. And then he starts to scream and blows up. So um, yet another sort of cameo in this movie that's interesting. That means I... two X-Pac cameos for each Danzig movie. Really? He was in Veronica. I commented it on that I two years know. ago. I I I, I instantly so much. In, I um, know in Veronica, I instantly recognized him. In this one, I was like, "Oh shit, that was him." Yeah. So it's it's um, um uh, and I mean, we've got a lot of other things that are kind of cool. Like uh, Lee Ving is is in this. Uh, he's the bartender at one time at one moment, and of course, he's the lead singer of um, Fear, uh, the the hardcore band out of L.A a very famous punk band. Uh, so there's, I mean, everyone just about like last time with erotica, how everyone was somebody in sort of the, the adult film world for the most part. Uh, this one has, everyone is pretty much somebody in either music or uh, other films. So it's, it's, it's kind of neat to see all of these, uh, all of these cameos. And of course we didn't even mention the fact that death writers sister younger sister who you know he thought was dead which is why he's going to kill the count uh because he killed his family whatever we assume uh is actually keeping uh, actually turned his sister into a vampire we didn't talk about the fact that she is played by kansas bowling who was one of the uh sort of p the the surf women girls who were killed and drained of blood by uh Druhika in verotica so she returns here and that's indicative of the fact that, I mean, Glenn Danzig is an icon for so many of us because of his his uh, you know co-founding of the Misfits uh, and, and sort of ever presence in the world of of punk to metal, right? So because of that, I guarantee ton. Yes, everyone was paid, but so many of these people. It's like um, there was a movie with Bob Dylan. Everybody wanted to be in it, even without getting paid, because it was Bob Dylan. So, like, th this is the case here. Like, people return because you get to work with Glenn Danzig. Um, there's a lot of others as well that have returned as sort of side characters. Um, Tasha Rain, uh, adult actress, is, and other actresses as well. She was in Good Boys uh, and some other things, uh, some other sort of low budget things as well which we love was the the topless i don't know what you even call her virginal woman i don't really get the in the beginning so when death rider shows up at the bar i mean at the 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 town i forget what it's called but for sanctuary he he brings the payment which is this woman and they're like you're sure she's she's pure or clean or something like that uh basically we're to assume virginal and he says, like, she's virgin as hell, or she's virgin as hell is. And I'm like, okay, well, I would assume hell is not virgin. So I'm very confused by this statement. Is he, is it supposed to be that he's messing with them? Especially since this woman is not, you know, she's not like a 14 year old in the old West. You know what I mean? She, she clearly would have been married or a, a, a woman of the night, a painted dove, so to speak. She would have been somebody. So the fact that you would, 
it's just a weird it's a weird thing um i just i'm like it didn't have to be even i don't know it didn't have to be the fact that she's a virgin especially since what the hell did that have to do with anything we never understand why they just wanted it i don't know i mean um, in, in certain I, I guess in certain contexts you could argue that to vampires virginal would mean is she still human but I, I again suppose. that's a theme that would need to be explored that didn't get explored therefore also pointless i mean i guess maybe that would be then an excuse an excuse as to why her revealing her fangs at the end were uh like a reveal i don't it's it's really stretching again we're given no we're given no understanding like the backstory for death rider is completely unclear as we said which really is kind of necessary to actually care about his drive because we we know at the end that the count killed his sister uh, or turned her into a vampire uh, and we assume or sort of it's implied the rest of his family but then we also hear that he he came across bad Bathory Danzig's character when Danzig was killing a bunch of deputies so you're like is is was was Death Rider a deputy like what what the hell is happening here were the deputies vampires were they people who is there are there people what is this this world does no building um, so it's very, very unclear. What is sanctuary? What is sanctuary? I mean, why do the, yeah, it's, um, that was, that was the big question. So anyway, uh, I think we can move on to recommendations or not. I, I let's, I'll go first as is tradition at this point. Um, if you're a huge Danzig fan and you watch Veronica and you want to see his progression, sure. When you get a chance, watch Death Rider in the House of Vampires. I'll tell you this though it's not one you're going to rewatch a lot because it is slow as molasses. It's kind of so sometimes it's so slow that it actually starts moving backwards. Like you're like, did I watch this scene again? And who knows? Maybe you did. Maybe the, maybe the streaming is buffering. Maybe the, the Blu-ray got, got hit and it skipped back. It's really unclear. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to say this too. I really, I mean, I like Devin Sawa. He's, he's a great actor. I would not have cast him personally in this role. Um, the reason being is that he's he's a very handsome man. And not that your lead in a Western shouldn't be handsome, but I want them to be rough. Like, I want them to have some sort of, um, if he's got this, this sort of mysterious... Yeah, he needs to be, he needs to be the, he needs to reflect the scarring that has happened that has caused him to be, you know, uh, to, to be this character. Like in Django, um, you know, our lead is, is got the most beautiful piercing blue eyes, but he's rough. He's sweaty all the time. He's got stubble like me. Um, he's, he's got a rough go of it, right? He seems like he's intent on something beyond what is actually in the room around him. And that's true. We don't get that with Devin Siwa's character and it doesn't, I don't know that it plays like he would be a fantastic and not to pigeonhole him as a comedian. He's done serious roles as well, but he would have been a fantastic bartender in this movie because he could have brought so much more character to it. Whereas you have to do a lot with, without talking, without, um, a huge amount of expression when you're this kind of uh Clint Eastwood um you know Sergio Leone western kind of character you you need to be able to carry that you know you need to be able to be um you know the original Django vibe uh and and I, I it's just not my cast for this um he does the job fine but it wasn't be I would have given him a different role uh 
And I think that might've been, frankly, you know what? I actually probably would have cast Danzig in that role. You know, he doesn't have to be young. Um, he could have, he could have played that real rough grizzled guy pretty well. Anyway. So do I recommend this? I only recommend this to people who have experience with Veronica and are interested to see Danzig's progression to his next movie. I do think that this is a progression in, in understanding of storytelling. I just, it's not a huge leap. Um, Veronica is on second watch, pretty much unwatchable. Uh, Death Rider, I don't want to watch it again because it's so slow, but if it had been paced better with more actual like happening in the movie, um, sure, I'd watch it again. Uh, so it's interesting to see his progression. I'm curious to see what his next movie is. How about that? Uh, all right. Mandy, would you recommend 2021's Death Rider in the House of Vampires? And if so, why into who? No. It's a whole lot <laughs> yeah. of, like, uh, boob abuse on, like, on, on horseback. <laughs> no. I just wouldn't, like, for all the reasons that you mentioned, like, I think in the past, like, on other films um, that we've kind of struggled to like give a full recommendation for like a sit down like movie watching right. is like throw it on in the background like at like a themed party or something you sure. know um but this one maybe if you also had music on and it was literally I mean, just the visuals like literally just the visual but like you can't even really tell that the, these people are like vampires most of the time the so goal I, still, like, the goal of Danzig to say he scored this movie when he wrote one song and Christ. used he wrote one song and used just one riff from it uh, like a handful of times throughout the movie that's otherwise silent in that case i scored 90% of that movie that silence was mine i made that um, yeah so yeah, anyway so this is just like a no kind of all around for me like and like i <laughs> It just can't even say like unless you like really being confused or like filling in all your own plot holes like baby like but it's just it can't even use it as like very much of an example of like what's good and bad like I mean Pat just did outline that a bit for us yeah. he hit most of it but like is there not even like a ton to learn from this other than like there's not a lot of content yeah there's not a content like it's just it's a it's yes, a short you, film had a an assignment for film school and you need to cut down like you need to do a re-edit right. of something like do an absolute like massive edit on something uh this would be a good one i agree with that <laughs> um sort of. i'll also say this we, we brought up tad tad brought this up i actually don't so i guess i guess this movie may be sexier in the way that there's less direct um or less like obvious and focused on misogyny mistreatment of women like uh, the women like yes women are eaten in this movie but like, a lot well, they're, of people... they're being mistreated they're being literally eaten in this you yeah know? but i mean but... I, I feel like veronica was much harsher there was lots more rape and neck breaking and this is yeah. more uh the women in this were at um... least some of the time running the show yeah there were a couple okay. and it was so, kind of a dom give... thing going on yeah, I'll I give, do I'll feel give it... like a lot of like the direction that you're like, who directed this? What direction was given to these people that make like no noise when they die? Because you thought it was mostly the men, right? Like yeah. making no noise when right. they die. Which is um, which is unsettling. And like the women right? are like moaning continuously through yeah. being like, like minutes and I'm end. like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, it's just a poor. It becomes an upsetting <laughs> fetish like, video at times. Dudes don't make noise. Women noise all the time. Like just right. Which, which you Keep know, going, I mean, that right? that is kind of that is kind of you know uh, the the male point of view porn rule, right? I mean, I guess like they they don't you don't 
you don't usually hear the man making a whole lot of noise um and they probably i'm sure they've i'm sure they've you know done stuff done polling and found that was polling i'm using air quotes uh for that to find out um yeah so so that's but because of that, I actually, I, I think that may be the only reason why sometimes Death Rider might actually feel a little sexy. Because there's actually, because actually, I think if you were to take it piecemeal, I think Verotica has sexier moments because it has the whole strip club scene in the middle, even though it's not really titillating. It's the it's unsexiest the... strip yes, club I know. ever. Saddest strip club ever. I, I, it is. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's some pretty sad ones, um, unfortunately. But, um... but I mean, it, I think that it at least... At least there is actually a show of skin because Death Rider has a weird thing, which is Veronica had too. It's like it tries to be extra sexual or sexy, but we get we get one. I guess you'll call it a sex scene with between um, Devin Sawa and Kim Director, um, and she's she's topless and there's blood everywhere, and she does a great show of of rubbing her chest. You know, kudos, good. That's great. Whatever. Um, you know, I'm that's that's lots of people's thing. Great. But it doesn't doesn't really feel like a sex scene because it's sort of a, I don't I don't know because it's, it's directed like a, by Glenn Danzig instead of a porn director. I, that is is uh, that what you're trying to say? No, no, I think like they're the not porn direct. They just have the porn director doing all the death scenes. But yeah, like, it's more like an AI. Right. Like... It's it's more like AI said it and like you know like rubbed boobs covered in blood. <laughs> um, and like and then we have another sex scene in theory. Um, between him and Ashley Wisdom right after. There's no breakup or pacing there, I don't think. Um, but in that one, we get full cut to black, like very Hallmark channel, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, and then comes to them in bed, him pulling up his pants. She is still fully clothed, not only fully clothed, she is still wearing that like 16 inch cinched corset, um, which you can't, I mean, I look, I'm not speaking from experience, but it's not even, it's got to be super uncomfortable to even lay down in a bed in one of those and to try oh, no, and get up you're going to need a hand um so yeah. <laughs> oh it is i know uh, yeah, i know so because i've yeah. had girlfriends who have worn those things and so, yes they can't right. move so, very well you know and i mean hey <laughs> i don't like i understand the the desire like well you know my girlfriend doesn't have to be nude in this movie you know like she she had eyeball boobs in the last one so it's fine <laughs> i get that that's totally fine like i don't have a problem with that but it was very odd like at least have like she can be fully clothed but have the blanket pulled up like the, the being in the full like get up still is just like it reminds me of the mystery science theater like you can do that through pants like you know what i mean <laughs> it's just a funny thing and then the scene right after that is when they take her to be hung outside and killed and she's in a different outfit which is crazy because it means they 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 made her change to like a full flowing like nightgown like a like a victorian era nightgown uh it was a that was a weird moment and then um and i and i also before we move on to tad's recommendation or not i wanted to, i said i would talk about this it's like you the, just keep sucking us back in i know i can't there's so much to talk about um and i just my notes are just like thing after thing it's the so in veronica there's one moment in particular where logic is already not working in that movie but there's one thing that just completely causes like if an android watched it uh or a cyborg even their brain would just short circuit and their face would explode off is when at the end of the first section Dejet and the albino spider when um the albino spider creature has been killing women by breaking their necks and the police burst in Dejet's already dead on the floor and 
the Spider-Man character, Man Spider, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> is in front of the police, standing completely away from DeJet. And because it's in the script, one of the policemen shouts, get your hands off her neck. Well, <laughs> I, I wanted, at that point, I wanted the spider guy to just like hold up all six of his hands. Like, <laughs> I, 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 here I am, you know, like, and then it, we could have made it like a, uh, like a, anyway. Um, <laughs> So, so there's one moment or one section of things in this movie that becomes that absurd, which is the fact that it is full on four o'clock broad daylight. And they're like, the sun's coming up homes. Like it's not even, it's not, it's not even blue for night, like day for night, blue screen. It's just straight up. Like, dude, you will get a sunburn (laughs) in the middle of the night here. Like that is just, um, it is just. It is wild. And later, like the the dawning of the sun, at least when when Mina's character, when Ashley Wisdom's character is killed, at least it's like the sunrise, even though it's pretty darn bright out to begin with. But like when when Death Rider arrives after having tied Danny Trejo in the de- up in the desert, when he arrives to this place to seek sanctuary, uh, is like it's getting pretty bright out here. I'm like, no, it's getting dark. It is the middle of the afternoon. Any you won't get any brighter. Like that is this is the brightest part of the day. Um, and so I was very confused why that was not not even an effort was made to change that. Um it, really weird. I feel like we I feel I feel like we had a conversation similar to this years ago with uh one of those movies. It's a vampire movie, or was it? I don't remember, but it was it involved uh um, really bad day to night transitions and a black guy. You remember that movie? What was it? Hmm. Um, well, listeners, we've we've talked about over two hundred movies <laughs> like on this podcast. Um, it was really uh, good. I, I enjoyed that movie, but uh, it it had the yeah. same problem where they went, "Oh, um, we can't film at night," as it turns out, because we don't have the equipment to do so. Yes, I do remember something of that listeners. If you know what that is, if you remember, or if you want to do the effort and go through the archives, uh, shoot us a message either on Instagram at Cult and Classic Films our facebook.com slash Colton Classic Films or email info at ColtonClassicFilms.com. I also want to remind you that every month you can get a brand new exclusive uh, cult movie. These are like ultra low budget, uh, pretty much impossible to find, out of print, never released cult films. Um, I mean, these are real obscure guys for the most part uh, and gals and uh, non-binary folks and anyone in between or beyond. Uh, These are hard to find. Go to our Patreon and sign up and you get them every month for cheap. We're talking like 20 bucks shipped. No shipping uh, extra in the United States uh, or $25 for really cool special editions every single month that have like signed posters, retro milk caps. Uh, I can't call them pogs because that's trademarked. Uh, uh, slip covers, collectible slip covers. This month, if you're listening in uh, October of 2023, we've released uh, a, a another double feature of movies. Half-Life Horror from Hell, also known as Irradiated Satan Rocks the World, uh, paired with Evil Brew, both from Mark Mackner of Daisy Durkin's fame. It's got uh, professional wrestlers. Um, Superfly Snuka is in it. It's got lots of uh, of great cast members who've moved on to, to uh, larger television and film projects. Really cool. And also, if you get the special edition, it has a naughty slipcover reveal, like an old 50s pen uh, where that you takes the bathing suit off when you click it. It's it's fun. It's got a little topless reveal. So uh, anyway, go to patreon.com slash cult and classic films to sign up, or you can buy the films a la carte for a little bit more uh, at cultandclassicfilms.com. Go to the shop. 
Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Glenn Danzig, make another movie. We'll talk about it. Uh, thank you so much. And to, I don't know what Tad's holding his hands out for. If you can see, it's like he's Danzigging at me. skipping me, you asshole. Oh, damn it. I'm so wow. Um, Again. <laughs> I move. I move. You know what? My brain is so fast. I just wanted to pitch that in before the end of the podcast. Uh, that way nobody can turn it off because they know the credits are coming. Tad. Would you recommend Death Rider in the House of the Vampire from 2021 by Glenn Danzig? If so, why and to who? I'm speaking at the speed that the characters talk in Death Rider, by the way. So, much no. faster. Much faster. Um, you can just watch From Dusk Till Dawn, and it's a yeah. great movie. It's like this movie, but better. Um, th- uh, as a matter of fact, it's a sexier movie too, because despite oh, yeah. the fact that Glenn Danzig likes to hire porn stars to be in his movies, they don't act like porn stars. So if you're gonna, you you keep complaining, this movie could have been 20 minutes. And that's something that I normally say, because yes, I could go chop, chop, chop. Most of this doesn't need to exist. Fill that time with music videos and boobs and turn it into a Beavis and Butthead episode. And this movie would have been a fucking cult classic. So that's my, I, I, I think you should literally then remove the entire movie and just watch some Beavis and Butthead episodes. I think you, you're, you're doing the Jeff you're fucking thing of, brilliant. You're doing the Jeff thing of, so the problem with this movie is the plot and the characters. And if you took them out and replaced it with this plot and these different <laughs> with... characters, it'd be brilliant. Um, so what you're saying is if I watched something else, right, it would have yeah. solved the whole this, problem. This movie is excellent. If you put it on in another room and watch this movie on the TV in front of you. Uh, so, yes. No, I totally get that. Uh, and and yes, of course, we have the like stunning, famous uh, striptease dance scenes from uh, Selma Hayek, who still somehow, what, 50 looks like unbelievable, uh, supposedly with no fillers. I'm I'm mm. I'm. They're always I'm, lying, Nate. You know I'm that. closing They're, my every eyes. Every single at one you. of them lies. Of course, when they say that, though, it's always someone who is always stunningly beautiful. Like you know, uh, like oh, J Lo looking amazing at fifty something. I'm like, yeah, she looked amazing at twenty two, like more than other people in the world. So what? Like, tell me, tell me that Roseanne Barr looks amazing at sixty something. Like, tell me that I'll be impressed. Like, no offense to Roseanne. I mean, she does plenty of offending herself. Uh, but Nate, it's I, like it's like people who are like. My breasts look amazing for me not having breast implants. And it's like, okay. So what you're saying is you you do have that. Gotcha. And you know, and and you know, ladies, there's there's lots of apparently I, I just learned there's lots of advancements in uh breast implants. You can often still breastfeed and do all these things because of the different placements, but we're finding that a lot of them can cause problems like autoimmune deficiencies and things like that. So really there, be careful. Don't mess are, with your health. There are absolutely problems and we're not condoning nor condemning breast Correct. implants. That's we're right. just saying pornography. be careful. All, all for the star. I'm glad these adult stars. I'm actually really happy to see like adult stars being cast heavily in non, you know, pornographic films whenever they want. Like, that's great. If that's what you want to do. Cool. Um, it's just if, that if we had something a, else, you know, we had an entirely different crop back in the seventies and eighties. We had, like Nina Hartley, who has been cast in real roles because she was sure. actually good at acting. Um, we don't have, it's it's harder to bridge that gap now. 
because everyone it, it has become harder. very specialized. Like, sure. wasn't the porn industry like something you fell into when you just couldn't, when, when either you uh, couldn't get a role or you just couldn't hack it? And nowadays it's just, that's what I do now. I don't know. I mean, let's, we, you could look at many people in this movie. I mean, Tasha Rain, who plays the, the topless sort of victim slash willing tradee to get in. I mean, she, she's done several, you know, non-adult features uh like attack of the unknown from i think 2021 uh, or 2020 and uh then she did a short and then she did this movie and then she did come shot eruptions volume three so like i think i think it might actually getting be getting to the point where you can go back and forth if you really want to uh just, and i hope well, that's that the case, case. it's right. too bad that danzig didn't give her more opportunity in this film aside from bouncing around on a horse and then going to nothing she, for 45 minutes plus. Are you kidding? She probably cracked a rib. That was a, just a, <laughs> a terrible experience, I'm sure. Um, also the, also the, 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 the so back to have some more work done, probably to reset Those, them. To, to, <laughs> fix, to fix what she accidentally, what she got That's true. There might the be scene. some drift. Brutal. Yeah, and I guess I think the I think there I didn't check the credits for a costumer. I'm sure there there are costumer credits, but whoever was responsible for not getting her something else, uh, Tasha Rain to wear than those super like disco shorts, it just it was so weirdly out of out of sync with the rest of the movie. Like clearly it was from another gig or what she wore to set, and they just like let her do that, and you're just like, or just made her do that, not let her, um, just made her do that, and you're like, that is not like. That is that is no, not no no uh, no yeah yeah anyway no. anyway okay thank you all so much for joining us for this episode of cult and classic films we'll be back next week with another double shot of uh films one mainstream one cult that are thematically linked i'm excited to tell you about them but i'm gonna wait till next week because you never know what's gonna happen in the meantime something else could pop up that's just too important and we have to talk to you about it then thank you so much again join the patreon uh get great movies from cult people and by the way all of our movie sales money goes directly to the filmmakers we do not cut our filmmakers out of their earnings they get money from us okay when the movies sell so buy those movies get money to the filmmakers so they can make more films and we can talk about them have a great one enjoy stay safe stay weird and the place out as always is the chud with all about evil Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.